0: strange as fiction we got parker stanley on again today and today we're going to break down the new star wars series and or uh episodes one two three just dropped this week so uh parker what uh what are your thoughts man so just overall i was i i was a little skeptical at
1: first the way it started i'll, I'll get into more of this of like the yeah. pacing but by the end of that three episode arc like i was so on board like it was it was incredible it was powerful like i couldn't i don't know I was so I was so surprised by how good it was and how it really, yeah,, you know, and we've kind of talked about this about other stuff, but it may be for the first time ever. It felt like a brand new story that happened to be in the Star Wars universe. Like there was no Jedi. There was no returning characters that I'm aware of other than obviously Cassian Andor. It was a new place. It was a new color palette. It was a new aesthetic to the buildings. It was new uniforms for the bad guys. I mean, everything was new and so refreshing and so good. So I I loved it. I loved it.
0: No, I, I totally feel that, like I was telling my wife, like you don't have to like Star Wars. And you, if, if, you, if you like kind of political intrigue, spy, uh, thriller action, any of that kind of stuff, uh, you'll be able to hop in right away. And if you don't know what a midichlorian is or whatever, it doesn't matter, man. You're <laughs> going to yeah. enjoy this show, right? Uh, so like in terms of skepticism, was that something you had coming into episode one or was it like you watched the first episode, you started to get skeptical and then episode three brought you back around or how did that happen?
1: So yeah, I was um, I was not skeptical going into it. I was um, very excited. And then at the end of episode one, I was like, man, this pacing is slow. Like when episode one ended, I was like, nothing happened so my first thought was how many episodes do they have like nothing really advanced i mean it was obviously setting things up so i wasn't against that but you know all of these seasons that disney's been putting out are short you know eight to ten episode seasons typically i was like that's a tenth of your season maybe an eighth of your season i was like things need to get moving and then i almost then i got worried that it's it was going to fall into the trap that i think a lot of um shows based on different IPs, whether that was a movie that they based a show on or video game that they based a show on a lot of that stuff, they make a show of it like eight or 10 episodes. And then by the end, you're like, that should have been a movie. Like, there was so much padding in there that, honestly, that would have been better confined to, like, three hours or less. And I was really worried that that's what this was going to be. But by the end of the third, I was like, oh, that was like a mini-movie. It was like an origin story movie for Cassian Andor just to get us ready for the show. And then I also found out it's a 12-episode season, which I'm super on board for. So that was only, you know, the first quarter of it. I was like, listen, if it's always three arcs like this or even not, I was... Uh, that that convinced me. So I was really skeptical just about the pacing. but yeah. by the end, I was like, never mind, that was brilliant. That three episode arc was incredible.
0: Well, in terms of pacing, so like I read up a little bit on it and first season is gonna be just one year long in terms of time. Um, and and the whole series is five years before Rogue One, and so second season is going to go through four years. Uh, oh, like yeah. So it's going to. I didn't really know they had years. that
1: much planned out already. That's crazy.
0: Yeah, so it's kind of interesting. This season's going to be like you know probably like going really granular in depth on a single storyline, and then in that second season or second half, whatever whatever it is, is going to just go boom, 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 boom. Um, so. Yeah, I know. I I personally, as you know, this is probably in terms of hype level, this is the show <laughs> I've been most hype about. All year long. Um, that's because of how much I liked Rope one and how much I liked Diego Luna and Narcos and everything. And, um, my impression, like it's kind of, I'd say opposite of yours because like the first episode had me right at the get go because the Blade Runner aesthetic. I was like, okay, I, I know that every, yeah. every single sci-fi since Blade Runner has stolen that. And you think I'd be tired of it, but. As soon as I see the neon and the rain and the dark and the alleyways, all that, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm here for this. <laughs> you see the like, uh, virtual reality, like bartender lady and all that. It's just, you. As soon as you go into that bar, you're like, this is already darker and more CD <laughs> than than most of the Star Wars stuff you get. And I'm like, okay, all right, we're here, dude. We're in the underbelly. So.
1: And what's funny is, juxtaposed to that, um, is Obi-Wan, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. He also went to a Blade Runner-esque planet. Like, that was kind of the first place where he went and got... Um, Spoiler alerts, I guess. Any, if anyone hasn't seen it, he got yeah, picked yeah. up uh, Princess Leia. Uh, yeah. There's going to be spoilers <laughs> um,
0: throughout this whole thing. So you're for,
1: for maybe, uh, for shows that aren't even Andor. <laughs> and so, and, and that one didn't feel as good as this one. It felt more, I don't know. I don't want to say cartoony, but there was definitely something. And maybe it's because they use the, um. I can't remember what it's called, but the way they shoot the Mandalorian and Obi-Wan Kenobi is they, a lot of it is shot on a giant LCD set. So when you see like mountains and all this stuff behind the Mandalorian, it's a screen. And so that allows them to control the lighting, but you're inside and you can control all that. Whereas Andor was shot practically. And so I don't know if that, if that's what it is, but you're right. Like it really had a Blade Runner aesthetic that Obi-Wan Kenobi like kind of did, but a little more... I, I guess it felt more like the prequels, a little more CG, a little more cartoony in a certain way. So it kind of felt like those. But yeah, that intro was really solid. I will say like the first, what, 10 minutes that exchange, I was like, okay, so the first time we see and Andor ever is in Rogue One. Straight up murders an informant so that he doesn't snitch to stormtroopers and then leave. And the second yeah. time we see him, kills a couple of guards. One of them just point blank executes him. He's like, "Well, can't tell anybody."
0: Yeah, I was like, as soon as we saw that, I'm like, "Oh." Well. We're, yeah. we're this kind of show okay we're already here we're not yeah. even gonna like flirt a little bit with like oh he's a good guy and this and i mean yeah. I, I think we we agree he's a net positive good guy overall but like it, it's a complicated world and situation and if he didn't do what he did you know he might have might have uh Wound up dead, right? So yeah, and, and he kind of accidentally got there. He like headbutts this dude, and right? Was, must have been one Which, heck of a headbutt. <laughs>
1: <laughs> What's so interesting about that fight is he's like he's not breathing. I was like, he headbutted this fool, and then he punched the one who lived at first in the throat. I was like, why wouldn't you just cut it? So he's punching <laughs> that guy in the throat, and then it makes sense. It's like, oh, he died. It's like, no, it's just the greatest headbutt of all time. I <laughs>
0: know. Uh, I not to say that that could not happen, but after watching the MMA, I mean obviously they're trained the fighters, but like just this last week I saw the gnarliest photo. I had a I had to literally like tell Instagram, do not show me this photo ever again. But it was an MMA photo where the dude's like forehead, a chunk got taken out and you could see inside and everything and you know, he's oh he's talking gosh. A few hours later to everyone, <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah, that was good, wasn't it? And you're just like, oh my gosh, you would like, but, uh, and, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> it wasn't even, you know,
1: and that, and that was fine. Like, it didn't really take me out of it, but I did think it's weird. It's like, I literally, I literally rewound it. To go back and be like, wait, who did he punch in the throat? And I was like, Oh no, I did see that correctly. He punched the other guy in the throat. But yeah, that was a fantastic opening. And you're right, that aesthetic was like that Blade Runner look was so good. And then even the town he lives in, and I can't remember the name of it. Um, it took me a while to realize I was like, This looks so different. There's a lot of yellows and oranges. Um, but something else was different. And it took me until the end of the third episode where they're having that standoff where I realized it's red brick. There's tons of red brick buildings, which I I don't know that we've seen anywhere else in star wars so that was kind of interesting like it really felt new considering how much time we spent on like tatooine and stuff like that i was like oh that is refreshing that's cool
0: yeah and it actually worked like in boba fett they tried to experiment with the uh power ranger motorcycle Ugh. guys i don't know if you saw that and like oh yes. I was like, yeah okay this this is experimentation gone wrong but in this case it it still Star Wars, but it was yes. like pushing the envelope in, in different direction, you know. And uh, in terms of like reviews and critics and all that, like everything I've seen's been really positive. I think I read yeah. somewhere that like the highest ranked since uh, the Mandalorian for any Star Wars property, which makes sense to me. But um, I, I think the other characters as well were pretty interesting uh, besides just Cassian, but like uh, Bix is the mechanic, uh, mm-hmm. his friend, you know, who's kind of like helping him out. And uh, the thing, I can't remember his name, but like, um, the, they're not Star, they're not stormtroopers, but, um,
1: yeah, they're like corporate security, which I thought was a really interesting take oh, and a good way to have yeah. like new, new yeah. bad guys.
0: His name is Cyril. I just had to look that up, but Cyril, Cyril. he's a deputy inspector for the Pimor authority. And what I liked about that, like, like you were saying, it's a, a new take, new uniforms, you can actually see their faces, and they're not, they don't feel like soulless, like kind of goofy stormtroopers. Uh, these are like people that have real aspiration, career, yeah. uh, seeing their face makes a difference. You know, they don't just feel like, Oh, one in a million, you know, one of a million stormtroopers who can't shoot. And, you know, just mow- if you mow them down, you don't feel anything. If you were to kill one of these guys, you know, yeah. you'd, you'd feel it.
1: That's a good point. And even, I didn't even think about that, but not just because you're right. And normally in star Wars, you have a million masked guys. And then like, the two unmasked guys that are supposed to have some kind of connection to, but in this one, like these were real people who were getting, you know, blown up and, and shot and whatnot. Um, and I absolutely loved the three main um, cop characters. The first one being like the chief who's normally in charge. Who's like, you know, the standard bureaucrat where he's like, no, we're not going to call it in. They were somewhere. They shouldn't have been drinking something that shouldn't exist, harassing someone they shouldn't have been harassing. So, you know, yeah. and like he nailed it. He's like, here's what probably happened. And you're like, that's exactly what happened. But of course he leaves. You know, the reasonable guy's like, all right, I have to go to this meeting off planet. And so cool. and so he leaves this um, you know, this real butt kissing, like wanting to to prove himself, but clearly has never seen any action at all. And then they pair him up with this dude who just wants to see action. And he's like, How many did you take this guy? And he's like, a dozen people. Let's do this. <laughs> and he's I love that
0: guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I feel like Every single thing, when it's is questionable, is still... Like, I could be convinced one way or the other. Like, everything is gray in this. Um, you brought up, like, the bureaucrat guy, kind of the main captain for this armed force, police force and he presents a really convincing argument for like well I mean technically it does help and you know technically they were breaking a bunch of rules and all this anyways and, and then like even casting like the way he killed someone it was like well I mean killed him but it's kind of an accident and he had to do it to save his own skin and then in the third episode again spoilers but there's a you know the third episode is basically a giant battle and one of these guards for the Primor Authority tells this guy to stop running you know drop your weapon stop coming this way or we're gonna shoot and they do they shoot him and they kill him and it's it's like this thing where it's like okay this guy obviously wasn't like he was outnumbered he probably wasn't gonna cause that much damage but at the same time he wasn't listening and they told him to stop you know like every single aspect anytime something questionable comes up it's like always like well there's kind of two sides to everything and I could kind of be convinced to, to go either way on everything
1: yeah and I and I um one of the things I I really like first of all I was so sad when I realized that um, the main chief or whatever he is, is going off world. Cause his one monologue was though, the delivery of that as someone who works for, you know, local government. It's like, this is so good. Like just, he's like dead inside and it was doing this for too long.
0: <laughs> and I was he's like, I, as soon as I
1: realized hey. he's just in that one episode, I was like, Oh my gosh, I want to spin off of just his day to day as a workplace comedy. Like, I would kill for that. But, um, yeah, I just love – plus, like, the – yeah, the flawed, you know, and then the Cyril, I think you said his name was, where he's like, they killed uh, two of our guards. Like, you can't just look the other way. And so, yeah, you're right. It was a much more compelling um, villain as a group, not just individuals, but as a group than we've seen in a lot of other Star Wars films. And – And I don't know, I'm interested to see if they're going to come back, because they're leaving off-world, and obviously that third act had a lot of, you know, you see his face and just the shell shock and stuff, which was awesome, and so I'm really curious, you know, he's kind of a nobody, right? Like, he's the second in command on this planet somewhere, and so I'm really interested to see if that's the end of them, or if he's somehow going to stay relevant throughout the series
0: yeah i was gonna ask about that because you know obviously the bureaucrat guy who was born to be in the government and gives that speech he's basically saying like let's cover this up and then cyril kind of i mean does he go rogue and just has his own like crew that's just like let's screw what he said we're, we're gonna get justice for our guys right like our boys in blue we're gonna get justice right or is there I mean, because it seems like he's working with other officers who agree with him and kind of sympathize with his cause. I'm kind of wondering, like, is he completely off book with what he's doing or did he kind of just back channel this? I don't know fully understand. I think it
1: I think it's somewhere in between. It seems like he's in charge while that dude's off planet that he's the you know, the second in command. And so I think he does have the authority. So he's obviously ignoring the orders he got to hey, don't make this a thing. But at the same time he does, you know, they have to listen to him to people the people who are there 'cause they're like, yeah, he's in charge while the other guy's off world. So I think it's somewhere in between where he does have the authority, but he is ignoring like a straight up command not to not to do anything. Thing. So, yeah. but you know, he's like, no, this is the right thing. It's not even just about proving himself, it's like, this is the right thing to do. Then that other dude feels like, you know, yeah, if I get to shoot someone, let's do It's Like, you're right, yeah. we should go and guns blazing. And <laughs> I've met kinda, both of those cop, types of cops in my life. Oh, yeah,
0: oh, yeah. I kind of <laughs> hope the bureaucrat guy comes back in the picture and is like, oh, this yes. is why I said uh, don't go after yeah. them. Too. This is why we sweep things under the rug. This is why we do things by the book, because look at all the co- the trouble you've caused. You've killed a bunch of people. Yeah, soldiers. look at these dead people for yeah, no exactly. reason. Yeah.
1: Like, you wanted to avenge their death, and here's, like, four more dead people. I do, one of the things that, i'm really interested in as far as character development is watching cassian and we're kind of given the general like i'm looking for my sister and then it pretty quickly establishes you know he was on this planet it's not till the very end you find out exactly how he left and under what circumstances but you know that's his motivation but we don't really know everything he's doing he clearly has a lot of schemes going on and he has different people in on it and he's always wheeling and dealing but he is very selfish which is interesting because we know how his story ultimately ends in rogue one and so it's really interesting to see he's kind of using these people whether it's the guy at the workyard, he's like hey i need you to cover for me or whether it's the um the the guy at the scrapyard who lets him borrow a ship he's like i can't let you keep borrowing these ships and he asks the robot to lie for him and you find out this is it marva was that her name i can't remember the the mother figure
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't remember her name, but yeah, the one that rescued him, basically.
1: Yes, yeah, so he yeah. found out she rescued him, and he owes her his life, and basically doesn't really care what she has to say. Yeah, she he burns. Like, he's willing, willing to burn every g- bridge
0: around him. Everybody. Like a true spy, you know? Yeah, like a true spy.
1: But at this point, it's not even for the rebellion. It's, I need to find my sister, which is altruistic to a point. But, like, he's throwing, oh, and Bix, of course. Like He's like, I don't really care what you're dealing with right now. I don't want you to get a cut. I need all the money. Like, just do what I ask. And everyone does because they seem to, like, feel bad for him or kind of like him. But he really, like, doesn't care about burning bridges or how it affects other people. And so I'm really excited that we're starting at that point because, you know, (laughs) in a sense, he always kind of felt like a Han Solo type especially the han the han solo who shot first and so han solo by the end of that first movie is like okay i'm in you're right and this one because it's a slow burn i you know will get to see him make that journey and i'm really excited about that development because i was kind of surprised by it i surprised how selfish he was knowing how altruistic he ends up being by the end of Rogue One. so that's that's a really fun like angle that i'm excited to see play out
0: yeah the trailer Uh, you know, points to that. Luthien, he's the character we see in the third uh, episode. He's kind of like this German... Oh, Stellan Skarsgård? Yeah, that guy, yeah. Yeah. He... Love him. In the trailer, you know, we see him talking to Cassian and being like, you know, don't you want to do this for a bigger cause kind of thing? And, and, you know, (laughs) I I think it's interesting that he starts so selfishly because throughout these episodes we're seeing these flashbacks of him when he was a young boy and he, you know, basically he lived on this planet uh, that had a giant like empire mining operation going on that basically like kind of ruined his planet and his tribe and all these things. And uh, we see kind of like all the scars of that, that left on him and his people. And yet he's not convinced to be part of the rebel Alliance. He's still like out for himself. You think after having this kind of traumatic childhood, um, you know, having to be rescued and living with this like adopted mom and all these things that, he would be like all for the the rebellion, right, and a uh, team player. But he starts out for kind of selfish, and eventually, of course, we know, like you're saying, he does become a team player. Um, but it, it's just kind of weird that like that motivation's not there from the get go. And and I like yeah. that like, more of a yeah. in depth character, right, building to do that. But yeah.
1: And when he, you know, in Rogue One, when he, you know, for the first half of the movie, he's really down on um uh Jin Jin Urso being like, don't you believe in anything? Like all you care about is yourself. And it's like. Now we know, dude, literally five years ago, you kind of were forced into joining the rebellion now that we see this backstory. So it's so interesting that he, I don't know, you know, he doesn't have this patience for Jin to find that, that, you know, cause that something to to drive her and yet here we are where he's in the same boat it also makes me wonder because we haven't really seen the rebellion at this level at least in live action um, star wars where i don't know if these people know there's a rebellion going on you know like does the common person on whatever planet on the outer rim or whatever did they know that there's a rebellion, that someone is organizing. Because he has that great um, interaction with Stellan Skarsgård where he's describing what it's like to live under these people's boots and that they look down on you and he's like don't you want to do something about it and that might be the first time anyone's told him you can do something about it you know maybe he's like this is how it is this is what reality um which is you know what it's like living under a regime is if you're born into it you're like yeah this is life this is what it's like and it sucks but what are you gonna do about it so you you know he might be finding out oh there is a rebellion i had no idea and so uh, obviously, that's probably what's going to happen next. But, um, yeah, and and the other thing I really enjoyed that's kind of related to that is for the first time, again, in live action Star Wars, seeing normal people who have to live under the Empire and how they stand up in little ways, you know, any way they have to kind of give the finger to the Empire. And you get a little bit of that in Rogue One. Um, when they go to find saw guerrera and they're on that one planet i can't remember what it's called um the one that gets blown up by the death star and you do kind of see these it's an occupied you know it's these occupying forces they're in, in and you have these insurgents who you know try and take out some stormtroopers in their tank and so these people are living under the boot and some people stand up and some people do it in a quiet way and some people just deal with it and so it was really nice to see that play out which is what I did appreciate appreciate the pacing for was you got to see his friends and families living in this reality of, you know, we hate it, but what can we do really? And, uh, what was it? Her speech about reckoning? Like I loved his, the, the adopted mom. She was awesome.
0: yeah I can't great. remember her
1: name. I think, I think she was in doctor who at one point, every English actor has been in doctor who at some <laughs> point, but she was really good, but There's I love seeing in London. All that. I read. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. There you
0: go Put a lot of those actors in. I, I, I think you're right about that. Like in terms of motivation, he might not even realize, you know, there's a, the, there's a the rebellion force that's building or, you know, like a resistance happening. And another thing I just thought about is like, you know, you see where he comes from, right? It's kind of these, this humble tribal background, uh, you know, spaceship crash lands there. Uh, they're a mining town. And, and when you come from that environment, like your mind is, your mindset is survival, right? It's not about like, I, I think a lot of times us too in America, we're like, look at these other countries or these, you know kind of dictatorship situations and it's easy for to be like why don't they rebel or do this or you know that kind of thing it's like dude a lot of these people are just trying to survive man like they just they're just wanting to get that next meal or the food or or whatever it is and i think that he's he's coming from that background like of uh, just a survival mindset and i think luthan um i don't know what, what's the actor's name scar What did you say his name was?
1: Stellan Skarsgård.
0: Stellan Skarsgård is going to kind of like teach him and show him, uh, you know, what's going on in the broader picture of the universe. And I think part of that is the Starpath unit. Um, That's the device that Cassian has where he's trying to sell to to raise enough money to to escape the planet. And that's what draws Luthen there is this device. And I don't know what role it plays yet. Uh, but I have a feeling it's gonna have something. It's gonna lead them to the empire in a way that they can do some damage to the empire, or or you know give them some kind of intel they need in order to do that.
1: And what's really interesting is not only was he there for that unit, Stone Skarsgård, but also he's like casting andor. I'm here for you too, man. Like I I like what you got going on. I like the cut of your jib. You want to team up? Which I'm interested to see how in the world do you know that? Is it just what Bix has told you? Or yeah, you know, little, how do you know that he's been pulling bro. off all these watching me? <laughs> I've been I've looked at your at your Facebook, Cassian. My wife my wife and I just because ever since we saw the trailer, you are like, Cassian Ander which is how Stellan Scores goes ander Cassie Um One thing I also really enjoy is all the different accents and nationalities. <laughs> I was about to
0: say that, dude. Like...
1: It's really cool because up until, you know, recently-ish, it's been everyone's white except for Lando Calrissian. Bad guys are English. Good guys are American. That's it. And then there's aliens. And so now it really feels like there's some aliens. There's some, you know, people of different ethnicities. There's people with different accents. So I've I've really enjoyed anything that makes Star Wars feel intergalactic, I'm all for. And the shows where there's like one alien in the whole show, it always catches my attention. Like, yo, where's the aliens? That's like part of the appeal. Like, I want aliens, I want droids, and I want some lasers. Like, that's what I want. And so this one, especially that one, like, bruiser guy that w- he was trying to intimidate Cassian with, which I don't think that's a species we've seen before, I really enjoyed his part where he's just, like, standing behind So it. It's like, you just told <laughs> me to stand here.
0: Yeah, I think, I, I definitely hope to see some, some, like, different species and aliens in here. And yeah. In terms of, like, politicization, it's like, this show delves into political topics, right? Like uh like whether it's the bureaucracy uh whether it's uh the mining and and the impacts of like you know kind of a colonial uh empire and and what they leave behind and the destruction they leave behind after they get their resources and all these things but it doesn't feel like it's pushing some narrative down your throat it's more of just like here's the reality and we're not gonna force a lesson on you but like there are lessons to be had you just need to just they just come naturally to the story. And I really love that about this, uh, these three episodes, at least so far. And I think,
1: yeah, and that's been kind of true about Star Wars forever. You know, like you could always kind of tell who was, you know, um a, a real world analog for certain things and war and empire and colonialism. And I think even, weren't the Ewoks supposed to be like something about the Vietnam, the Korean war or the Vietnam war some like some kind yeah, of parallel. Not, so clearly
0: stormtroopers are Nazis and you know, World right, War Two right. analogies all, 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 throughout. Yeah. And then, but you're right. Nights, it was Jedi or Knights Templar, you know, you have all kinds of allegories or
1: samurai. Yeah. And yeah, so you always yeah. had this, you know, these real world analogs, but you're right. It, it's not, it, it's trying to tell a great story and you know to connect with people it's all real things that real people deal with so i think you're absolutely right that it's that's not the point but to make a great story that connects with people they have all these things that we do identify with and we're like oh yeah that's why they're the bad <laughs> guy that's why he's the good guy
0: totally man um well what what are you uh, hoping to see in these next next few episodes i think i think this all three dropped this week but going mm-hmm. forward it's going to be week by week right only one episode a week is that right oh
1: i think so that's gonna be so hard now though i know like i got i got so much from those three I, episodes i was like i can't I, go back to 45 minutes or i was whatever. telling someone
0: the other day like i actually am really enjoying the week by week it makes me actually look forward to you know oh it's thursday yeah the hulk is dropping lord of the rings is dropping oh it's sunday game of thrones is dropping oh it's wednesday <laughs> and is dropping and um i gotta say this fall i don't know what it is if but it's Like, uh, so many good shows going on at once right now. Then you got football going on, fantasy football, all that (laughs) stuff. Basketball will come soon. I'm like, okay, I gotta apologize to my wife. I gotta, I gotta give her a gift because, I mean, I'm, like, TV You're hogging gonna be like gone. crazy right now. Yeah, it's just I'm, I'm oh. in the man cave down in the basement, uh, and I got all my shows and all my, all my sports on right now. It's a rough season, but uh, I'll make it up to her for sure. So.
1: Dude, my team's going to have a new owner this season with any luck. Oh, I'm yeah. all about this, baby.
0: AZ, Phoenix. I, I uh, The rumor there is Jeff Bezos, actually. So I don't know if you well, saw that. never
1: mind then. I'm not that excited anymore.
0: <laughs> hey, Ugh. he could become like a Mark Cuban where he's traveling with the team and, got you know. Palling it up with everybody and treating them to, you know, first class flights and all those things. So it could, could I guess,
1: off. I guess. But um as far as as far as um Andor goes, I so I don't know, have you watched I don't think you have you haven't watched Rebels, have you, the animated series?
0: I've watched a little um and I did watch the Bad Batch or is it Bad Batch? The mm-hmm. most recent yeah. one, right? Yeah. I watched Mm -hmm. that as well.
1: So I cannot recommend highly enough Rebels because this has a lot of the same feelings as Rebels. Because like I said before, we haven't seen live action Star Wars look at the grassroots rebellion movement like this yet. That's what Rebels is about. It's about these people who kind of get in on the ground floor for various reasons and help start the rebellion. And um, it starts kind of slow-ish, but oh my gosh, by the end of, I think it's four seasons, it's incredible. It's one of the best things in all of Star Wars, in my opinion. And this has so much of that same feeling to me, where they're on this world that's occupied by the Empire. They don't know what to do about it. They're sick of it. And then someone from off-world comes and gives you a chance to, like, fight the rebellion. And um, so, obviously, we're going to see... I know they cast someone to play Mon Mothma. It might, It's probably the same lady who played her in Rogue One, I would imagine. Um, and so, we know he's going to meet you know, the, the rebellion. And so I just, what I'm most excited about as much as I'm excited about, you know, espionage and space battles and undercover and all that kind of mission impossible stuff. I'm also just really excited to watch his journey to becoming, you know, the Cassian who sacrifices himself, like for whatever reason, that more than anything in these first three episodes, I was like, man, I'm so excited for that.
0: Yeah. Genevieve O'Reilly is the one who's playing Mon Mothma and, uh, like I used to work at a virtual reality startup that lasted all but eight months before that thing went under when <laughs> virtual reality was really hot for a little while and everyone's like, eh, yeah, yeah, we're not putting any money into this. But uh, um, regardless, I worked with a ton of animators, 3D designers, uh, you know, people who really know their stuff. They love Star Wars Rebels. All of them always try to get me to watch it. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to give it another go. I just know there's like it's like seasons or something crazy. No, there's like just that, four. Right? Clone, oh. Wars, Clone Wars has oh. seven. Oh. Okay, that's what I'm thinking. Rebels
1: about is for yeah. I okay. would watch Rebels before I watch Clone Wars because I think it's a more concise. Everything they learn from making Clone yeah. Wars, they are they came out right out of the gate in Rebels, knowing what they're doing. Okay. Plus, it's a direct prequel to what's going to happen in Ahsoka. From what I've seen in all the trailer trailers, so yeah. you at least want to watch it before Ahsoka drops.
0: Okay. Well, maybe I'll give that a shot. And you know, I I think. Like you, I mean, I think Diego Luna's evolution from kind of selfish whatever to team player is going to be exciting. But I think, I don't know, I'm, I'm most excited about like some of the spy uh, yeah. stuff. I, th- I think this uh, Luthan guy is going to give him some kind of mission, right? That's going to be like, you know, I don't know what it is with this device. They have the StarPath unit or whatnot, but I, I feel like I'm I feel like that's going to happen soon. And I don't know, like even though the original Star Wars wasn't like any sp- spy stuff per se you would never be like oh this is spy genre i mean it kind of is they're sneaking around in stormtrooper outfits so you yeah. have intel that they're looking for and they sneak um, into boba's yeah.
1: palace pretending and to be bounty hunters yeah
0: that always i like having that makes those battle payoffs so much more better instead of just like here is tons of lasers fire everywhere you know lightsaber battles con- constantly um i love when they kind of have like a a better ratio of this kind of spy political intrigue. And then when those battles do hit and happen, you're so invested in the characters by that point. And I kind of hope that's what we're building up to is we get a lot of this spy political intrigue stuff. If we can get some more speeches, like you were talking about in episode one with the bureaucrat there, we can get that kind of stuff. And then, you know, we we get those big payoffs. Um, I'll be all about it.
1: Yeah. Super excited. So cool. Just, I don't know lifelong star wars fan and i once read a review of an album which ironically they ended up saying why it's a bad album but it said it's it's always more fun to like things than to not like things and like ever since i read that i was like i'm gonna go into everything being like this is gonna be good i'm gonna like this yeah and even if it doesn't pay off i i don't give up because it is more fun to like stuff so i'm really glad that this one by the end i was like yep this was totally worth all the hype this is awesome yeah
0: yeah and that's not to say we'll never not like (laughs) diss on something or or everything, but I don't want to I don't want to talk about something I don't like, right? So like I'm gonna try and pick shows or things that I think there's a good shot of us liking uh, because it's way more fun to talk about that than just to be like, oh wow, that sucked. Let's go into depth about how bad it sucks. Yeah, Yeah, which, you
1: know, there is a a certain amount of satisfaction that comes from that. But I always go into something being like, I want to like this. I want it to be good. I don't want it to be bad that's yeah. one more great show, or great band, or great whatever that I get to work into the mix. So I'm glad that this is one that and and the fact that you're telling me they already kind of have season two worked out and they know what they're doing. I always love that. I love when showrunners know the end from the beginning because <laughs> it just helps it be like it gives them a purpose. Because you can, I I feel like I can tell shows you know like Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul where even though it's a slow burn, they know where they're going from the beginning uh-huh. and it feels that way. It feels like you're driving. driving towards something. And then other shows it's like, well if we get renewed, I don't know, we'll make some stuff up. We'll figure it out. Like if you know, if we get picked up again. It's like, no, I want you to have a story to tell and tell it. But, you know, I know that's I think that's happening more nowadays than it than it used to it used to literally just be we'll run every show into the ground as long as we still have viewers so i'm just glad that that seems to be a trend that people are moving towards knowing that they're going to end it and how they're gonna end
0: it. i'm gonna give i'm gonna give seinfeld credit because they were on top of the world and they were like yeah. you know what this let's let's not do this anymore we're, we're gonna end up on top let's end up on a good note all these other shows went way over cheers whatever we're gonna stop while we're ahead and, and guess what it's probably the greatest yeah. you know comedy ever so absolutely well thanks dude thanks for joining and uh yeah we'll catch up next week on on the next episode and um yeah excited to see where this goes from here okay.